Welcome to SBC This Week. I'm Brandon Porter. Laura Erlinson is sitting right here next to me. Yes, we are glad to be with you today. We are still not Jonathan Howe and Amy Whitfield. I'm that sorry to inform you. That yeah, But true. we are happy to be here. That's right. And when she says that, she means that pretty literally because it is quite the task to get inside the Southern Baptist building. Oh my in downtown goodness, Nashville. it is so challenging. Every yeah. day is a brand new obstacle course that yes. we have to navigate to get to our building. So much construction, literally right outside. Yes. Cranes, concrete trucks, all of those type things, huge semis with supplies. And I feel as if I'm an interloper somewhat of interloper. trying to get to our building. Mm-hmm. I just say, hey, I know that you're working here, but I really need to drive on this road. Yeah, I have to get right to that building right there. And I sometimes I even roll down my window and point. And exactly. I, say, I need to get right, right just there. Right there. I, I work there. Three more feet. <laughs> Can you please let me through? Yep. Yep. And they're always very nice and let me through, but it's uh, it's challenging. It is. I feel a little judged <laughs> trying to get to work. <laughs> well, we won't judge you here. This is a judge-free podcast. How about that? Oh, good. Maybe. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Well, listen, before we get to the news, uh, let's talk about our presenting sponsors. We have a couple of them. The first is The Hill. It's a true life story of professional baseball player Ricky Hill, who grew up poor in small town Texas. Early on, Ricky discovers his extraordinary ability to hit a baseball, but with leg braces and a degenerative spinal disease, the major leagues were just a dream that could never be. Courageously, Ricky, the son of a preacher, risked it all, wrestles with his father's wish that he become a pastor, and eventually tries out for a major league scout, and he ends up in the big leagues. The Hill, starring Dennis Quaid, Colin Ford, and Scott Glenn, is a true inspirational story about family, faith, and a baseball miracle. You can find it, hopefully, at a theater near you. Pastors are constantly concerned with how to engage their church and build connections beyond just the weekend services. Subsplash is there. One of the valuable tools that churches have found for doing that is Subsplash. Subsplash allows your community to access messages, resources, and even give from one place, helping congregations connect in ways you could have never done before. Subsplash is so much more than a church software. It brings people together, empowers giving, fosters discipleship, and transforms lives. If you're interested in learning more, book a demo at subsplash.com forward slash SBC. When you use that link, you'll get a special discount for Southern Baptist churches, but you have to use the link. What is the link? I was waiting for you to ask. It's (laughs) subsplash.com forward slash SBC. Well, Laura, as we talk about happenings um, inside the Southern Baptist building here in Nashville, um, it was a hard week um, inside this building, specifically for us in the executive committee. Um, And so we want to just start right there with some some very very hard news for us this week. Yeah, I feel like we're going to kind of just getting the bad news out of the way here Mm -hmm. first. Um, This was very personal for you and me and Mm -hmm. everyone that works here. Um, We had staff reductions this week Mm. at the executive committee. Those were very sad, but Mm -hmm. uh, necessary just due to the financial uh, challenges that are facing the EC right now. Um, But these were our friends. These are our friends. And so it was just, it's very hard uh, for that to happen. And they are all very skilled, godly, servant-hearted people. We hate to see that happen. Um, And, uh, it's just been a sad week here. Yeah. So we're we're trusting the Lord um, for them. Mm-hmm. Um, we encourage you to pray for them as um, families have been affected and um, ask you to continue to pray for uh, the folks here at the executive committee. Um, along those lines, you mentioned finances. Uh, that's mm-hmm. something else we learned about this week. The August CP report came out showing that, that uh, CP giving is 5% below the budget of $16 million at this point in the year. That's right. That's just for the month of August. Uh, the monthly 
uh, budget goal is sixteen million. We were five percent uh, below that. Yeah. But year to year, I mean, I'm sorry, year to date, mm-hmm. uh, the fiscal year is almost over. Year to date, we are point three eight percent under budget. So real close, just mm-hmm. less than one percent under budget. So hopefully by September thirty, when the fiscal year ends, we will have met that CP budget goal. Yeah. So again, thank you for your CP giving. Let's let's keep keep going there. Maybe we can have a rally here as we finish out this fiscal year. Um, well, Southern Baptist, we love some task forces. We do. That's right. For years. And that mm-hmm. that should be the sort of the sub subtitle of this um, segment. Uh, well, I guess. Or, or the whole podcast really for today. <laughs> it's like task forces assemble, right? So <laughs> activate. Uh, that's right. <laughs> So um, if you were in New Orleans, you can remember that there were at least two task forces called for there. One to talk about cooperation in, in Southern Baptist life, and then also another one to talk about the Great Commission resurgence. And so, mm-hmm. Laura, let's talk about that first one, uh, the, the cooperation group. Yeah, so SBC President Bart Barber named the members of both of those task forces this week. Um, remember, the cooperation group was the one that was proposed by former SBC President James Merritt. Mm-hmm. Um, he wanted uh, to form a task force, or he he made a motion to form a task force to study the uh, the friendly cooperation. What right. does that mean? That's right. Um, how do we cooperate with one another? Mm-hmm. What does it mean? What are the criteria that churches criteria that churches need to meet to be in friendly cooperation? Yeah. Just ha- and how do we talk about that? Yeah. And so this is a really big task force. Mm-hmm. Um, the motion specifically stated that it was to be a broad representation of Southern Baptists, and so I feel like we've achieved that here. Check out this list. This is these are names that a lot okay. of us have heard of. Here are the I folks mean, a lot on of the these task names force. You'll know. Yeah. Victor Chiazarizabon. Okay. First Southern Baptist Church in Anaheim, California. All right. Jeremy, or maybe it's Jerome. Jerome. I Jerome. Think so. yep. Sorry. I'm so sorry, Jerome. Jerome Coleman, uh, First Baptist Crestmont in Pennsylvania. Tara Dew, who is there in New Orleans. She's the wife of Jamie Dew, the president there. Uh-huh. She's also speaker. a speaker. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Donna Gaines, who's a speaker and an author. Uh, she's the wife of Steve Gaines, who's a former SBC president, pastor of Bellevue Baptist there in Memphis. Right. Matt Hensley, the associational missionary in, uh, at Collins Baptist Association in McKinney, Texas. Yep. Travis Kearns, another associational missionary, Three Rivers Baptist Association in Taylor, South Carolina. Okay. Richard Land, name right. that uh, we all know, sure. president emeritus of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. Jonathan Lehman. Okay. Who's an elder at Cheverly Baptist Church in Maryland. Okay. Jason Paredes. Pastor of Fielder Church in Arlington, Texas. All right. Gregory Perkins, pastor of the View Church in Menifee, California. He's also the president of the National African American Fellowship. Okay. Jim Richards, executive director emeritus of the Southern Baptist of Texas Convention. Okay. Juan Sanchez, also there in Texas, pastor of High Point Baptist Church in Austin. Andrew Walker, an ethics professor at Southern Seminary. Trevin Wax, vice president at NAM, vice president of research. And Tony Wolf, who's the executive director of the South Carolina Baptist Convention. So that's 20 folks on that committee. Wow. It's going to be chaired by um, Jared, Jared Wellman. Mm-hmm. And I won't talk too much about what he has to say because you actually are going to interview him later on in this podcast. It's a great interview. So that's we right. stick around for that. Yep. Um, but that's a pretty broad representation of Southern Baptists right there. So we'll be interested to follow their work over it is. the year. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, several of our um, elected Officials are going to be, um, our, our elected officers are going to be a part of that committee as um, as ex officio members. Uh, Bart Barber, 
uh, Nathan Finn, Don Currents, mm-hmm. and Case and Branch are all going to be a part of that as ex officio members. I did not call Jay Atkins' name, but don't you worry. Jay Atkins is going <laughs> to yes. be busy enough himself because Jay is leading the other task force that that was named this week. Yes. And that has to do with looking at the effectiveness of the Great Commission resurgence. And this one's not near as big. Right. But you might remember, if you've been following Southern Baptist life for a while, that back in 2010, mm-hmm. 2009, 2010, right in there, we had another, yet another task force okay. called the Great Commission Resurgence Task Force. And that group was tasked with figuring out how we could better fulfill the Great Commission. Okay, And so they made uh, seven recommendations that were presented to messengers in 2010 in Orlando. Messengers a- adopted those recommendations. Among those uh, were establishing a Great Commission giving designation uh, to try to boost uh, money for missions. Another one was um, reducing the amount of CP money given to the executive committee so that more money could be given to the International Mission Board for okay. to sent, be sent overseas. Mm-hmm. So it's been 13 years since we adopted these seven recommendations, and now we're kind of forming a task force to look back and say... Okay, how did it go? Did we achieve the goals that we set for ourselves? Okay, so the members of that task force are Robin Foster, associational missionary from the Trinity Baptist Association in Truman, Arkansas, Adam Groza, the vice president for enrollment at Gateway Seminary, Luke Holmes, the pastor at First Baptist Church of Tishomingo. That's fun to say. Tishomingo. Tishomingo. Oklahoma. Chris Schaefer, assistant professor of theology from New Orleans Seminary, and Jeremy Westbrook, executive director, treasurer of the State Convention of Baptists in Ohio. Again, that chair, that, that, that task force, got to get it right, is going to be chaired by Jay Atkins of West Wego, which is another, another fun I one. I like that one too. I like yep, it. Of West Wego Baptist Church there near New Orleans. Um, I tell you what, Laura, there was one other little tidbit here about yes, this something group. very interesting. So when it was uh, formed in 2009 and they had all their meetings and then they made their recommendations in 2010 and all of their meetings, the minutes and recordings of those meetings were sealed mm. for 15 years. And so we will not get to read those minutes or hear those recordings until June 15th, 2025. Yeah. And we know this is literally yes, true. we do because... We were talking about it this week when we were writing about this task force, and BP reporter Scott Barkley was writing the story, and he said, I got to figure out the deal with this GCR thing, because you know it's been 13 years. Mm-hmm. We needed to refresh our memory. So I said, you need to go talk to Taffy. Well, Down those of you archives. that don't know, mm-hmm. Taffy heads up the Southern Baptist Historical Library and Archives, and she is awesome. Mm-hmm. And so sure enough, Taffy knew all about it, and she went and found all of the things and brought them out for Scott to look at. But he couldn't listen to anything. There you go. He could only see them. So mm-hmm. he came, he took pictures and showed us all. <laughs> you can look, but you can't touch. <laughs> said, here they are, but nobody can see them yet. That's right. So in two years, we can all go see Taffy. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm sure the line will be forming. That's right. So, all right. Uh, it is also trustee meeting season. Um, we've talked in the last few weeks about Guidestones meeting. We've talked about Lifeways meeting. This week, the ERLC met here in Nashville. Yes, and those poor trustees had to meet here in our building. They, did. they had to fight all that construction. Mm-hmm. So Brent Leatherwood, if you're listening, uh, send them all a gift basket or something because yeah. that, that's a challenge. Yeah. Um, uh, good news, they elected a new chairman, um, Kevin Smith, another name that's familiar to a lot of Southern Baptists. He's the pastor of Family Church Village in West Palm Beach, Florida. Okay. Kevin becomes the first African-American chairman of the ERLC trustee nice. board. Yeah. Wonderful. 
And also at that meeting, Brent Leatherwood, a URLC president, laid out a number of new initiatives. Of course, um, life, the sanctity of life, mm -hmm. uh, is a lot of the work of the URLC and that issue. And Leatherwood talked about how that issue has taken on a new meaning for him in the wake of what his family has endured the mm. last few months. He's, uh, his three children, for those that don't know, attend the Covenant School here in Nashville, where a former student charged in with a gun March 27th, mm. killing three students, all nine mm. years old, and three adults. Wow. Well, as you... Uh, go to the Baptist Press store. You'll see there's a lot of other information that, that was covered at the ERLC meeting. So we want to encourage you to do that, to stay in the know there. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of business and information, we also this week had the opportunity to roll out an interview with uh, David Dockery, the, the brand new president of Southwestern Seminary. And um, that was in our Baptist Press this week interview for this week. And so there's an interview. Yeah, where Brandon, you, you did a great watch. interview with him. Uh, he was very forthright about yeah. the problems facing the seminary. Yeah. But also hopeful and he encouraging. Was. So, yeah, I would encourage everyone to go watch that video. That's right. Yep. Thank you. Um, well, we want to pivot a little bit right here because we, we've got some great ministry that, that's going on across the Southern Baptist world. And uh, the first one starts with the IMB, where we received a report this week about how they are using mobile kits to facilitate telehealth visits. You know, telehealth is maybe one of the good things that came out of the COVID pandemic. Mm -hmm. Everybody kind of got used to seeing their doctor on a computer screen. And seeing so, everybody on a computer yeah, screen. really, everybody. <laughs> um, so the IMB uh, came up with this idea. They put these mobile kits together. And in the kit, there are uh, a stethoscope that plugs into a laptop, a webcam, a speakerphone, uh, a Bluetooth-enabled blood pressure cuff. Mm. And they put all these things in like a suitcase, and they can send it to these re very remote places. And use them to have a doctor who can be back here in the States even wow. um, provide health care to somebody in a really remote place. So what a great uh, idea and yeah. just a cool way to, to do ministry and open the door for the gospel. Yeah, love it. Nam released a podcast this week. It's very compelling. Um, the Sin Network released. Um, uh, it's a story about a church planter, Richard Pope, who has terminal cancer. Uh, Pope learned of that diagnosis just a month before launching Canvas Church in Salisbury, Maryland. Um, the, the, the podcast is an extended interview with him and lots of folks who were a part of that are a part of that um, because they, they went ahead. They, they, yeah, they went, went ahead and planted the church. It's yeah. been two years yeah. and they're still going. The Lord's working working mightily um, yeah. in that church plant. So. so I haven't had a chance to listen to that podcast. It just it's launched, brand but new. I'm anxious to hear that. Absolutely. Um, so Jason Cox, staying in that, that family there, at NAM and IMB, Send Relief, uh, Jason Cox, who is the Vice President for International Ministry, has literally, Laura, been on the ground yeah, in Morocco, right. and he's been uh, posting on X, Twitter, yeah, Twitter. Um, yeah uh, just some <laughs> amazing videos sad, heartbreaking videos of of the devastation and destruction uh, from the earthquake there, and then also showing how Send Relief is helping just right on the front lines. It's it's always good to keep in mind. Sometimes I feel like it's easy because it's out of sight, out of mind sometimes. Yeah. But that anytime a disaster like that happens, that earthquake on September 8th, um, there are Southern Baptists, chances are, pretty close by. Yeah. And they immediately jump into action. And that was the case there in Morocco. And Jason Cox has been on the ground helping and seeing what's already going on and helping set up more relief efforts and things. Yeah. And incur always, always... Uh, as always, we encourage you to go to sendrelief.org to see how you can pray, how you can give to that effort. 
Absolutely. One other thing we want to share with you and celebrate together is how the Lord is using um, Southern Baptist chaplains um, at Fort Leonard Wood in Missouri, specifically uh, Logan Lair, a chaplain there, has seen 150 new Army trainees come to faith in Christ and be baptized this summer. Yeah, I love this story story. this week. Um, What a cool thing. Uh, Basic training is what what they're doing there. Mm -hmm. They do uh, basic training. And of course, that's a really stressful time. A lot of these uh, recruits are leaving home maybe for the very first time. Yeah. And then they're under all of this physical and emotional toil. And so um, this chaplain, Logan Lair, just ministers to them. Yeah. He's just an uh, an open ear and a shoulder for them. And he said it's very frequent that the conversation just easily turns to spiritual things. And so he has about 2,000 trainees that are attending the services that he provides on Sundays. And then like this summer, like you said, he, he baptized mm. 150 of those recruits. And so he, he says, this is his quote, I love this. He said, there are great life-changing moments happening almost every moment. That's awesome. <laughs> So encouraging. Yeah. So encouraging. So as we think about NAM, IMB, Send Relief, it, you just can't help but think about missions and how the Lord is at work uh, spreading the gospel and, 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 and as we join him in making disciples. Mm-hmm. Um, this ties weekend, in. That's yeah, right. this weekend yep. is Children's Missions Day, mm-hmm. which is a Women's Missionary Union a sponsored event on Saturday. So um, hopefully there's a lot of kiddos out there ready to go on mission on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. We're recording this on Friday, so that I guess that's tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, but some great resources at BP for that yeah. as well. So, well, next week um, it is time for the executive committee meeting to happen here in Nashville. They are not going to be subjected necessarily to all this construction. Yes, because we were kind you know, to our trustees. Yeah. We, we moved the meeting to a hotel. We're yeah. going to the Marriott over by Vanderbilt. Yeah, we just just... It's just chaos it's, it's down a mess. here. It's so, a total yeah. mess here. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so Laura, talk to us a little bit about that. We expect to hear from the um, EC president and CEO. Well, well actually, from the search team who is yeah. looking for the president CEO. So we'll hear from them. We're we're anticipating that the full EC board will hear from that search team that's mm-hmm. looking for a president and CEO. They'll hear from the Abuse Reform Implementation Task Force, or you might know the ARITF. You Mm -hmm. might be familiar with that. The EC will also take up some referrals that came out of New Orleans, uh, things that were just forwarded to the executive committee back in June. So they'll look at those things. And they welcome 13 new EC members. So the plenary sessions for those, Monday and Tuesday, September 18th and 19th, will be live streamed on Acts 2 TV. And Baptist Press has all those details. They are. You can get Acts 2 on your computer mm-hmm. or on your smart tablet, phone, yeah, device. Yeah, as an app. Yep. That's great. That's right. So, All right. Well, as Laura alluded to earlier, we had the opportunity to talk with Jared Wellman, um, who is leading that cooperation group. And in just a moment, we'll let you in on that conversation. It was very informative and helpful. And so stick around for Jared Wellman in just a minute on SBC This Week. Jerry, thanks so much for spending some time with us on SBC this week. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me, Brandon. We want to talk to you about this cooperation group that you are leading and that President Barber has just named um, the folks who will be serving alongside of you this week, uh, made those public. There is a good article with a lot of information from Bart Barber um, at Baptist Press. When he says addressing things we have never done before um, in the history of the SBC, what does he mean by that phrase? Yeah, so that that's a good sentence and a good question. I'll tell you how I understand it and what I think mm-hmm. he's alluding to is uh, there's the tree and then there's the forest. That's the kind of language that I'm I'm trying to use here when it comes to this uh, co- cooperation group. The tree of that is 
the three churches at the convention that that we removed. That was that was unprecedented uh, how it happened um, because you had the appeals of those churches. We've had some churches removed from the executive committee, but at the level they were uh, appealing of so a few of them. That was a that was a new experience for for messengers, but also I think just the nature of the convention, the nature of the convention, uh, what what a lot of us uh, in our language sometimes don't understand is that a convention is different than a denomination, and so a lot of the things that we're starting to do are more akin to a denomination than a convention. And so when he's so I think that that's the forest uh, part of it, and the tree part has to do with with things like that. Uh, but also, um, when we uh, amended the BFNM on the floor, that was something we've we've never done. We've always had committees for that. So th- this last convention, there were a lot of things that were happening, a lot of trees that were being uh, cut, some branches that were being removed, uh, other things that were being planted, um, and, and a lot of it was brand new. So you've talked about sort of the one issue, that that being your tree and the forest metaphor. Does it also figure in sort of the, the way the, the role of the credentials committee has been changed? Yes, I would say so. Uh, I would say that the credentials committee was changed, what was it, 2019? Mm-hmm. 2019, fundamentally. Um, but the problem was that they, they were not given necessarily uh, all of the definitions and boundaries because it's so new. So they're, they're a plane that's in the air that's still being built as the old adage goes. Uh, and so there are a lot of new things that they're doing as well. And that's a big component of this is, um, is it working? Is it something that we want to continue doing? Is it something that we, uh, we obviously, uh, if, if we're going to move forward with that, um, then we need to equip them uh, to be able to, to have more clarity uh, with what they're doing and, they're doing a great job. I, I've told someone earlier today, it is the hardest committee that I've ever served on. I've, um, for listeners, the chairman mm-hmm. of the UC serves on, on that. So, uh, and it's, it's a, it's, they're long meetings, they're hours long, lots of research, lots of homework. So pray for, for them. Uh, so, so we're, we're talking some about process, mm-hmm. but we're also talking some about cooperation, right? I mean, are, are we going to get down to the heart of trying to really define out what cooperation is? I think we have to. I mm-hmm. think we have to. Right now, uh, membership is really an interesting thing in the convention. Uh, we have a wide open front door, um, uh, basically no front door, but we have a back door. And the back door is, is becoming more and more uh, defined. Maybe I have that backwards. But, um, but what I mean by that, regardless, what I mean by that is uh, to be a member of the church uh, or of the convention, th- there are people listed as members on the website. Uh, that have not really engaged, you know, for a long time, and and when and they may not even know that they're that they're listed as a member, uh, and so they they may be surprised, and they have been basically based on what some churches have said that they were surprised that they were still affiliated, and so our our front door our front door definition needs to be clear if we're going to have a clear back door, but right now. Uh, I don't know if, if listeners, if you think about sometimes there's that uh, meme of a horse drawing where it starts out really clear and then it kind of fades off until like a stick figure. That's kind of where the convention is right now as we're uh, building this plane in the air. And so we have to really talk about what it means to be a member in the convention. And um, so right now, if we're going to have a clear process for the back door, then we need to have a clear process for the front door. At least that's that's my personal mindset. I'm not speaking for the committee. I'm just thinking that just makes sense. Um, 
so we have to we have to think clearly ab- about that. We also another layer of that is to be a member of the convention. What does that mean in general? Because the convention only exists two days a year, and and so if I'm a member of the convention, am I a member so that I can see messengers for the business meeting? Or am I a member for something that is ongoing for the rest of the 363 days? And and so those are the questions that uh, that are really important when it when we talk about the forest. We have to define the nature of the forest before we start cutting down trees. And right now we're planting trees, cutting down trees, cutting branches off trees without really knowing the nature of the forest. Hmm. It sounds to me like a process of going back to what the originators did in the early 1800s or in the mid 1800s. I mean, because they wrestled with these things over the first three or four times that they met together and then fleshed that out as they move forward or, you know, laid the foundation and move forward. Yeah. Th- this is sort of doing that for our day and t- taking a, a new look at that. It is. It, and, and President Barber says it really well. Uh, he says, messengers need to know how the new things we're doing fit into the traditions of what it means to be a Southern Baptist, or messengers need to make the decision and, and understand that this is a new thing, that this is different than the traditions, and this is a new way that we're doing uh, work together. Either way, messengers deserve to know. And so that's that's the simplest way of understanding what this cooperation group is, is going to be doing and talking through and the recommendations uh, that ultimately come in Indiana have to do with that. Um, which direction are, are we intending to go as a, as a body of, of believers? Hmm. Talk a little bit about the committee uh, members themselves, not necessarily specifics, but I mean, sure. it, it's a wide array of folks. So you have pastors, you have convention leaders, you have some seminarians on there. What are your expectations of, of them and their roles and work in the process of this? Yeah, I think it's a great group. Um, one thing when when Bart was kind enough to, to talk to me and ask me for thoughts about the group and and I said uh, I think the main thing we need to think about is that it is widely representative. That language I think was very intentional in uh, James Merritt's motion and and that the messengers ultimately approved and affirmed and uh, and that means a variety of things. Uh, widely representative ecclesiologically within the umbrella and bounds of our um, of our statement of faith and the closely identification language in the Constitution. Widely representative in in gender, in ethnicity, in location, in vocation, and so uh, if you look at the group, you're going to have perspectives uh, from a, a a variety of, of of different individuals. And so the two that I think about um, are two Texas pastors, both um, Hispanic ethnicity in their background, and they uh, they're both faithful, long-standing uh, Southern Baptist pastors who have two very different ecclesiological understandings. Um, and so with the way that the convention has been moving, this is Juan Sanchez and Jason Paredes, but the way mm-hmm. the convention has been moving, that tree of of the, the way that a, a pastor title ought to function, both of them will, will have two different perspectives of that issue based on very public things that they've said, Jason and his church and Juan amending um, the, uh, the original amendment to the constitution. And, and so I think that that represents the heart and the beauty of this. And so what I'm what I'm thinking is the group is so good and represents Southern Baptists so well that if we can't figure it out in that room, then uh, the 20 of us, then thousands of Southern Baptists will not be able to figure it out on the floor. And uh, I'm very excited and hopeful for the work that we're going to be doing. It is a large group, which I think is actually good because we can break up into subgroups. 
And, and so if, if we're talking about, uh, so th- let's just take various questions that we've had and heard about cooperation in the convention. If you talk about uh, financial um, accountability and transparency, we could say, okay, you two three, or three people, you're going to really focus on that on that part, and uh, and then of course the the uh, the idea of of the title pastor and the function of that. Okay, you four or five people, you're going to focus on that, and so twenty people is a lot of people to meet often. So you break it up into groups. And the people who uh, who have a skill set in that area or an interest in that area can represent Southern Baptists and do a lot of the the research and homework there, and uh, and bring that back to our large group meetings. So there's there's actually a lot of good in it being a bigger group that has wide representation. Where do you hope that they will look for the sources for that research? Oh, great question. Um, I think so. I'm a big fan of. Um, bottom bottom up hierarchy mm. and I, I think that the more that we we look at local churches and local associations and we look at the traditions of Southern Baptist I, I, I really like the the concept of figuring out the heart of the convention and trying to preserve that uh, and the way that you do is uh, you you really look at the people who have been serving uh, faithfully. So I think that the, the way you look into that is, uh, thankfully, our president is a Bap- literally a Baptist historian, um, one of the leading historians, I would, I would argue, in our convention, um, has his uh, education in that. And so he's going to be a resource himself. Um, of course, there in, in Nashville, you have the archives that could, could have some information. But I think a lot of it's going to be um, conversations with, with pastors and local associations, finding out uh, where we're at on this issue. And and again, how that fits into the way that we've we've done cooperative work in the past. So, what should a potential messenger to the twenty twenty four annual meeting expect to receive from this work group? Uh, generally, all I have for that right now is generally recommendations. Um, and I don't know what those recommendations. I the way I lead is I mm-hmm. have as a chairman. I don't have uh, like an agenda or uh, or anything like a direction where I say this is. This is the way it's going to be. Um, uh, I'm like like the president. I'm congregational, and so we have this group of people that have been ultimately elected by the president, who is elected by the messengers, and a messenger initiated motion that has created this group ex nihilo. And and so my thought is, I really want to hear the heart of this group and find out what they're thinking. And then let those recommendations blossom out of that. And so we will be bringing recommendations. The nature of those, we're just so far away. We have we just got named yesterday. I've not even communicated at this stage with the whole group, which I hope to do in the next day or two. And uh, and so we'll meet by Zoom, and then we're trying to plan an in-person meeting this year somewhere because we just need to be in the room together to get real uh, hard work is done. It's or it's hard to do hard work um, on Zoom. Yeah. Yeah. Do, you do, do, yeah. Do, do you hope messengers will have that um, access to that before they arrive in Indianapolis? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, Baptist Press interviewed me recently and, and our hope, my, my lofty goal is by the end of March that we largely have those done and then published uh, as soon as possible. So the goal is not to publish them a day or two or three. There's nothing more frustrating than that. So we're talking about 
the very nature of the convention here. So messengers need a lot of time to think about to think about these things and pray about these things and converse and debate about these things uh, because it really is the very nature of our convention. And we want them to be as educated and equipped as possible. So we fully intend uh, to release uh, some updates far in advance, listen to feedback, and then tinker with it accordingly. Hmm. And then uh, an announcement has been made about um, a website where mm-hmm. updates will be available. Won't you? I'll, I'll let you give the plug for that. Yeah. So it's just a hub. Um, when, when there there's cooperative group, just as a Southern Baptist, when I'm trying to figure out what's going on, you Google, you go to Baptist Press, you put in a search word, and you can find articles. And it, it's just, you're still kind of trying to pull everything together. But the idea here is just to have a very simple website that has all of the information, a hub of info for, for things that are being thought about, for the names of the committee members, where they're serving. Um, the, the, the wording of the motion will be right there on the landing page. So, so if you're a Southern Baptist who's interested in this, you can go to this one hub and you can get everything that is related to this group right there without having to fish for it on the internet. Poopgroupupdates.com, mm. so, C-O-O-P-G-R-U-P-updates.com. And it's yeah. not live yet, but the, the URL has been secured. Yeah, gotcha. Anything else that you would want to add? It's all very helpful. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. I just asked messengers uh, to pray for us uh, we also realize our own limitations, even though we've been elected to serve. Uh, we've already read, I've already read uh, thoughts on uh, Twitter or X. I, I've had phone calls with people sharing ideas and insights. And so if if messengers have um, thoughts, if, if they're really interested in this and they have thoughts about this, um, I welcome those. And so they can just email me. Um, my, uh, my email is jared, J-A-R-E-D at tatesprings.com. Email me. And just share some thoughts, and I'll bring those before the committee uh, as uh, as they are helpful. And and um, we just want to do the very best we can because we believe in this, and we we believe that there's there's something really beautiful about cooperation and community. And the Southern Baptist Convention can do that well. It, it, that in and of itself is a great testimony uh, to a broken world. Well, Laura, we're grateful to Jared for taking a few moments to talk with us about the work of the cooperation uh, group as they move forward. Really looking forward to seeing how they do, what comes out of uh, specifically the, the conversation about defining friendly cooperation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see that. I, and Jared actually goes into a little bit of detail about that in a first person that mm-hmm. he wrote for Baptist Press this week that we published earlier this week. And I would encourage people to read that as well and to kind of read his thoughts on his, or his vision for this uh, task force, and and if you're a Tolkien fan, you'll you'll like it because he talks about the hobbits. That's right. Too. Hairy so, feet and, and all. Yeah, he talks about hairy feet. So yep. Yep. if you don't know what I'm talking about, you need to go read that. That's right. It's great. There you go. All right. Well, it's that time in the podcast where we roll back the clock, going all the way back to 1951. That's right. Our history moment this week, Brandon, is from 72 years ago. Gosh. But it was the perfect one, I thought, for where we find ourselves at the executive committee right now. Okay. Because that week, All right. Porter Ralph okay. was elected to serve as the executive secretary of the SBC. Now, that position is now what we call the president and CEO of the SBC executive committee. Back then, he was called the executive secretary. All right. Ralph was only the third man to serve in the role because the EC was only founded in 1916. So there had only been two other guys before him. And in 1951, he was 40 years old and he took the helm. And he has had the longest tenure of any of the EC presidents. He was there for 28 years. 
And here's some fun things about him. We have some things in common with him. He was a comms guy. Okay. Um, he was the only uh, EC president that was not a pastor oh, at any point. There you go. He was always in communications. He was in communications at Oklahoma Baptist University and then at Southern Seminary while oh. he was a student there. Then he was editor of the Oklahoma Baptist Messenger for a while and all kinds of roles around the convention, trustee boards and task forces and all the things. Hmm. And then he took over at the EC in 1951. Okay. Um, but one of the reasons I thought this was perfect, because as we are currently searching for the man to serve in that role, whoever will be the next guy, Okay. Um, this is what was said about Porter Ralph. Yeah, very good. 72 years ago this week. The chairman of the search team that selected him was a guy named J.W. Storer of First Baptist Church, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And he said that Ralph is a keeper of confidences. His character is beyond reproach. And then he added that Ralph would, quote, make a secretary and a workman of whom no one need be ashamed. That just sounds like it is biblical. It really, I think it is. Yeah. yeah. It was uh, really awesome when I read that this week. And I thought, well, you know what? That is my prayer mm. for whoever the next man is for that role, Absolutely. that he would be uh, a keeper of confidences beyond reproach and of whom no one need be ashamed. What a yeah. cool thing. Yeah. I hope that can be said of all of us. Absolutely. You know, Laura, I will say, so, so, um, I still listen to the radio. I don't know if people listen to the radio very much anymore. I but, do. But but at least a portion of my commute every morning, I like to listen to the radio because they still do the contest, you know, where you're the third caller, the fifth caller, whatever. Yes. But as I as I hear this history moment, I think, you know, that that's a great one. If you could tell, if you can tell us when um, – uh, let's see. How about this? There are lots of facts. I'm looking for one to pull out of this. If you could tell us when the executive committee was founded and be the third caller. We <laughs> I have would a, know that. We have a task force t-shirt for you. <laughs> I would know that. And now I'm totally Amy Whitfielding out here. But I would know that because uh, I was here in 2016 ah. when we celebrated our centennial. The 100th, so yes. I remember that. All yeah. right. So there you go. So the answer is 1916 right. for, those, for those playing along at home. All right. Well... We want to thank again our presenting sponsors for SBC this week, The Hill, the true life story of professional baseball player Ricky Hill, who grew up poor in small town Texas. Early on, Ricky discovers his extraordinary ability to hit a baseball, but with leg braces and a degenerative spinal disease, the major leagues were just a dream that could never be. Courageously, Ricky, the son of a preacher, risked it all, wrestles with his father's wish to become a pastor, and eventually tries out for a major league scout and ends up in the big leagues. The Hill, starring Dennis Quaid, Colin Ford, and Scott Glenn, is a true inspirational story about family, faith, and a baseball miracle. Also, we want to thank Subsplash. Pastors are constantly concerned with how to engage their church and build connections beyond just the weekend services. One of those valuable tools that churches have found for doing that is Subsplash. Subsplash allows your community to access messages, resources, and even give from one place, helping congregations connect in ways you could never have done so before. Subsplash is so much more than church software. It brings people together, empowers giving, fosters discipleship, and so much more. It transforms lives. If you're interested in learning more, book a demo at subsplash.com forward slash SBC. When you use that link, you'll get a special discount for SBC churches, but you have to use that link. Again, it's subsplash.com forward slash SBC. 
So Laura, it really was a busy week for Southern Baptist this week. It really was. A lot happened this week. Yeah. We thank you so much for listening to SBC This Week.